You're listening to Coleman Power on the Organic Fitness Podcast. All right, welcome to the latest episode of the Organic Fitness Podcast. So myself, Coleman Power, and I have my guest, my latest guest in front of me, Neve Burke, a nutritional therapist, but not only that, but also a mother of a most certainly beautiful child. And we'll be talking all about, I suppose, hormones uh, in relation to eating around your cycle and the importance of, I suppose, balanced meals out the other side of it. Neve, say hello to the likes of the listeners. Um, hello, everyone who's listening, and thanks a million for having me on, Colm. No problem at all. The idea is, okay, I suppose if you let the listeners know a little bit about what you're currently doing, what your area of expertise is in around, I suppose, the likes of people suffering with a little bit of weight loss and or, I suppose, eating more and more real meals, maybe a niche around uh, specific types of diets. Um, yeah, so I suppose I got into the area of nutrition because I had crazy hormonal symptoms in my 20s. I didn't know what was going on. I was going in and out of the doctors and um, I was eventually diagnosed with a condition called PCOS, which stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome. And this, they reckon between 10 and 20 percent of women have it. It's very difficult to um say exactly the stats because a lot of women go undiagnosed and some women don't actually realize they have it until they try to have a baby and they're having difficulties getting pregnant and then you know they're told oh you have PCOS um so yeah you can get very strange symptoms depending on um how I suppose the condition is expressing itself in your body but I was noticing that my blood sugars were all over the place and because um I suppose the blood sugars are really at the core of hormone balance um, and mine were so all over the place that learning how to balance mine really helped me help other women balance their their blood sugars and their hormones. And it's interesting because the reason why blood sugars affect your health so much is because we really don't notice symptoms when our blood sugars are kind of high, when we're eating something that we enjoy, a bit of chocolate, something like that. Um, or I was like I say to my clients eating the naked carbs so slice of toast with no protein at all so you don't really notice it straight away because what happens is that the blood sugars go up first and then after that they crash and that's when you start getting symptoms so and I know like lots of your listeners will relate to some of these symptoms but when your blood sugars crash you're going to start getting symptoms like you might get cravings um, because your brain's going whoa I need sugar and it's usually sugar cravings that you're getting Um, you can actually get like a anxiety a change in mood because what happens is the body re- um, releases these um, <clears throat> I suppose um what would you call it hormones compensate for this crash in the blood sugars and the one the main one we release is cortisol which is the stress hormone and so you could be in fine form and then all of a sudden you you feel like oh my god I'm just after having a mood swing so mood swings really strongly linked to blood sugar imbalance um, and then other symptoms you can get like fatigue, it could be on. And I, I think everyone's familiar with that 3 p.m. slump where they want coffee or chocolate around that time. And um, if they've had a sandwich at lunchtime, they can sometimes feel that crash, especially if they have, you know, a sandwich with like not enough salad or protein in it to get your fiber and um your protein to balance those carbohydrates because the the carbohydrates really hit the bloodstream much harder without the other macronutrients and without fiber as well so 
people getting these symptoms and the other thing as well is like it can affect your sleep because you can have blood sugar crashes at night time and and cortisol kicks in at night time it's going to wake you up some people um with very bad blood sugar dysregulation would say neve i'm waking up in the middle of the night can't go to sleep and actually that really impacts menopause as well so blood sugar imbalance really exacerbates all the symptoms of menopause too so going into menopause you really want to make sure that your meals are balanced and that you're not having all these blood sugar crashes because you can actually get a hot flush from having a blood sugar crash so a lot of people when they balance their blood sugars find a lot of their um menopause symptoms disappear as well so it's really going to help perimenopause menopause women with pcos people in general it's just going to help anybody who's getting any you know you mightn't be getting very bad symptoms but mild symptoms um of blood sugar imbalance so yeah you want to eat make sure your meals are balanced so that the carbon tell me a couple examples in relation to what you'd recommend as a balanced breakfast a balanced lunch maybe and one balanced dinner just for someone who would like to yeah so um and this all depends on your tolerance to carbohydrates so sometimes people will feel great after certain meals and sometimes people will feel awful and that comes down to your own personal carbohydrate tolerance so if you're a young male has plenty of muscle and very active you usually have a higher tolerance to carbohydrates if you're female if you're approaching menopause or perimenopause if you have pcos or diabetes you're going to have a much lower tolerance to carbohydrates so for example some people like will have a bowl of porridge for breakfast and keep them full for lunch other people will have a bowl of porridge for breakfast and they're going to feel starving for the whole morning so you know you have to eat a breakfast that helps give you energy and that you're not hungry really like after you eat you should be able to forget about food you know because that gives you peace of mind and you're able to have a productive morning so you know that's where individualized nutrition comes down you know to like choosing meals that suit you now research does show that like when people have eggs in the morning like you know you could have your eggs and your sourdough that they actually eat less calories later on in the day so protein first thing in the morning and healthy fats are really going to help set you up for the day now you know it's interestingly because you know journaling has become so um popular lately and it you know just to even note down how you're feeling after your meals swap it up and see which meals you feel the best after you know if you have your eggs in the morning like when do you actually start getting cravings after that like usually when I have my eggs and sourdough in the morning the thing that I crave actually during the morning is water I actually crave water which is great because I'm getting hydration in then um and I notice that if I have yogurt fruit and granola I, I get hungrier quicker um, if I have a smoothie, it usually only keeps me full for an hour or two. Now, I need to, you know, think about, like, how is my morning, you know, is it going to be busy? Am I going to have back-to-back clients until lunch? Do I have time for a snack? Like, no, I don't. So I'm going to have my eggs then. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to make my life easier for myself, and I'm going to have, you know, a balanced meal. So the thing is, is that, like, sometimes people will be in work, they're not eating a meal that's going to sustain them till you know, they have a break or a lunch. They might have meetings all morning and actually that is actually going to put them into a bad mood then and they will be releasing cortisol. And that has a knock on negative effect on the female hormones because stress impacts fertility, it can impact ovulation, can impact perimenopause because you can start skipping ovulation cycles during perimenopause and get terrible PMS. So 
even just a simple thing of having a look at what breakfast suits you the best and, you know, trying to stick to that breakfast as much as possible so that you feel good and you're setting yourself up correctly for the day, if that makes sense. Now, this is exactly the same when it comes to lunch. So for me, what I was noticing was, and this is terrible, when I was in school, I used to be falling asleep at my desk. I always had double chemistry or double honours maths after lunch. And I sit up the front of the class because they were really hard classes. They required a lot of um, concentration. I'd open the window. I'd sit right under the teacher and I would not be able to keep my eyes open. I used to get so sleepy. I, I was having such a bad blood sugar crash. But of course, I never knew what that was. And then fast forward when I studied nutrition and I started really becoming aware of it. And I was just and I, I can kind of get away with a sourdough but I probably wouldn't even have a big sourdough sandwich so I'd probably have like one of the bigger slices of sourdough and have it as an open sandwich and layer loads of things on top of it rather than having two slices of bread because again it's just knowing yourself personally when I have the two slices of bread I do get a much stronger crash if I have one I might put actually even two fillets of mackerel on it so I'm getting loads of protein um, like or you know like a good try I try and use a full chicken breast or a tin of tuna, something like I'm getting loads of protein. I'd be getting like lots of whatever I put on it. Like I put like lots of healthy fats on it. So if I'm having my mackerel, I usually mix it with natural yogurt. That's a lovely combination and you're getting loads of healthy fats. I might have some cucumber, onions, a bit of salad on the side. And that wouldn't crash me afterwards. Um, but for ages, I was trying to figure out like, could I have bread at all? And um, if I had a regular sandwich, Oh God, like I used to have a couch in my office and I had an office in town and I'd have my sandwich and I'd be trying to do my client notes. And if I didn't have a client in the afternoon, I'd lie on the couch and I'd have a nap. And like, I'm all for naps, but I didn't wake up like the nap was refreshing me. I was waking up like I'd been hit by a bus because my blood sugars were just crashed and I was waking up craving sugar and I didn't feel good. So I was actually going to leave, like you have to change your lunch. And most days, I'd have a salad and I'd feel absolutely fine. And sometimes like mid-afternoon, I'd feel like I wanted something, but I'd be fine with just a yogurt or something like that. I wouldn't be going crazy for chocolate, if you know what I mean. Because the more your blood sugars crash, the stronger the sugar cravings are going to be. So that's what I realized. And I slowly started kind of cutting out bread then until Dunn started doing organic sourdough. And I was like, wow, this doesn't affect my system as much. Interestingly, the bacteria in the sourdough do remove some of the carbohydrates and um, they break down the um, gluten as well. So that would be my go-to now if I was going for um, bread. And that seems to be the only bread that suits my system in terms of doesn't bloat me. I don't feel like it spikes my blood sugars, but I still don't. I wouldn't eat just it on its own. I'd always have it with um, my protein, my healthy fats and my fiber as well. Yeah, I suppose it's well worth even noting, I suppose, is the three things that the body even runs on. It's that essential protein, we must consume it, okay? All nine essential amino acids, preferably, that we have to have in each other break, main meal, either breakfast, or lunch, or dinner. But like I said, the healthy fats, again, essential, omega-3 and omega-6, we have to consume from foods that we eat that have minimal effects on your blood sugar levels, as opposed to the carbohydrates that have the largest of the three of the spikes on our blood sugar levels on a given day of this particular food item. And just even mention again, it's that naked carbohydrate that we sometimes gets into our diet that we don't want to have as much of if we don't want that spike. What goes up must come down.
Yeah, and just to explain it, this is like when I'm sitting down at one of my clients, the, the most simple way to understand it is when your cells are at rest or low activity, so if you're sitting at a desk, um, if you're pottering around at home and not doing too much. Now, actually, even if you're cleaning, it will be, be burning more calories. But like the cells, what they, they want to be drip fed their um nutrients and their energy. And this is not what the cells do. But like I'm just doing it as an example of the cell opening up, taking some energy in and burning it off very slowly. So they love being drip fed the um glucose slowly or the energy slowly. Um, now, if you're in a state of exercise, those cells are going to be burning up that glucose much more rapidly. So that is a good time to put in more fast releasing carbohydrates. But what's happening now is that people are putting all these fast releasing carbohydrates in in the evening time when actually they're sitting down watching television sitting on the couch and what happens when you have too much glucose in the bloodstream and the cells aren't using it well the body just comes along and goes I don't need this glucose we just store it as fat so one of the things patterns I see with a lot of my clients is that like they're backloading a load of their calories to the evening time and they're not eating enough earlier in the day when their metabolism needs it and fueling your metabolism earlier in the day is a really good way to like I suppose support your metabolism to work um, and to lose weight as well, because you're going to be burning off all that calorie. So what you're doing is earlier in the day, when your metabolism is highest, you're eating way less food and that's suppressing your metabolism. And then in the evening time, when you're in this low state of activity, you're giving your, your body all of this fast release fuel. Like that is an absolute recipe for putting weight on. So like, and we know that when people eat more calories earlier in the day, they're going to eat less at nighttime and you're eating it when it's not going to be as likely to be stored as fat. Um, and I do love my chocolate as well, but like, and I, I like your page as well, Colin, because you have more balanced snacks where it's not like just you're eating something that's pure sugar and maybe some unhealthy fats. You're, you're you know, you have a snack that has loads, you know, fiber, nutrients, magnesium like protein in your yogurt you're gonna serve with what you know whatever you have I think I saw like some kind of a was it a crumble or something the other day it looked lovely anyway yeah and melt is water in here Neve. yeah you can have different like I'd recommend different options and again it's about not necessarily eating less foods it's about eating more in the right type of foods in particular to you and your activity levels for the day because as you said most people after a day's work or a day with the kids all they end up doing is gonna say oh yeah take them to like the remote they turn on the netflix and they're just sitting there and then they're eating higher amounts of sometimes it's simple carbohydrates so the carbohydrates are typically broken as you know well the idea of a complex carbohydrate or the simple carbohydrates and that's going to lead to again us having that increase in cortisol the stress hormone which is leading them to poor sleep which leads to the uh, two hunger hormones coming out of balance as a result yeah. of that we lend to again it's that up down up down kind of a cycle that so many people are in yeah, so just, I suppose, to explain that to the listeners, that um, when you're spiking your blood sugars before you go to bed, um, you're releasing your hormone insulin, so you're straight away overnight going into fat storage signaling. And um, not only that, but if your blood sugars then crash before you go to bed or during the night, you're going to be releasing more cortisol. Now, cortisol and melatonin, directly compete with each other so if cortisol is high melatonin is suppressed that's your sleep hormone but not only is melatonin your sleep hormone it's actually 
it's an antioxidant it helps the detoxification of the brain it's anti-aging it actually is very good for um, egg and sperm health for fertility it's such an important hormone and as you said if you have a bad night's sleep you're going to be craving more sugar the next day and um, your willpower is going to be reduced you're actually after a few nights of bad sleep as well you become um more insulin resistant as well so like that's the thing is it's get the core things right so and sometimes i know we're talking about a lot of things in this um uh, podcast but like i remember like after i had my little girl and like i actually um love healthy eating it doesn't come hard to me like i did the keto diet for three years and loved it and that's one of the strictest diets you can do but after i had my little girl you know like life was crazy i sat down and i said to myself like i don't I don't have the headspace, I don't have the energy and I don't have the time to do a really strict diet now. So I need to meet myself where I am. Like what things, small things can I introduce that would help me the most? And I think that that's so important and you can build on those things. So like, you know, one of the things I noticed, especially when you're breastfeeding because you'd be starving, is that if I delayed my breakfast at all, I would be like an antichrist I would feel like I wanted to kill somebody I would actually be like I want to punch the wall like that's I'd be so angry so like one of the things is like I need to just be or just prioritize eating when I get up because otherwise like I could end up in tears it's crazy like my hormones are all over the place obviously at the time as well but like there might be someone listening that thinks like you know that they get very bad hunger issues as well and like just really one thing could be I'm going to prioritize like have my breakfast very soon after I wake up. So straight away, um, and you see when when you wake up as well, your blood sugars could be slightly going into low, you know, because you fast overnight. Mm-hmm. Straight away, you're bringing the blood sugars up, you're having a nice meal. So again, I would just probably have had my sourdough and toast or something like that then. Um, and of course, when you're breastfeeding, you have to eat so often as regularly as possible. Um, and um, But it just depends really like what you're able for. So one of the things that happens with women is that we're so busy and we're so frantic during the day we really start to disconnect from what our body needs and sometimes like you just need a little time out to go like what does my body need like and sometimes putting small little things in it can really help um so I, I tell you what like just even things like I promised myself I was gonna um eat my breakfast I was doing just a a cold water I think it was 45 seconds shower after my hot shower because I was actually very tired after the birth and in the mornings I was just like half asleep and I found that brilliant because the cold water it gives you a dopamine hit um, it gives you energy as well without having caffeine it's not going to spike your blood sugars like the way caffeine does like a lot of people go for caffeine on an empty stomach it's going to absolutely spike your blood sugars and crash you um, now it, again it, that actually depends on your carbohydrate tolerance, whether coffee will spike you, how high coffee will spike you. So young males with a lot of muscle mass that are very active don't tend to get the same um, glucose spikes from coffee as women who are perimenopause and maybe might have a little bit of weight around their tummy. Um, isn't that interesting? So it's like, you know, it's again, like individual person, personalization of nutrition that like you might be fine having coffee on an empty stomach, but like, um, a woman who's perimenopausal and um, trying to lose weight around her belly would be better off probably having her breakfast when she gets up right. instead of my coffee, you know. So it's again tapping into like what um, feels good for you. And again, see, we're living so 
disconnected from nature and our natural circadian rhythms as well like people are going on their phone last thing at night time and the light on your phone can be enough um to suppress the melatonin so that you're not sleeping properly and it can up stimulate cortisol as well because cortisol not only is your stress hormone but it's also your wake up hormone so a lot of people will find that they could be scrolling on their phone for a while before bed and even though they were tired getting into bed they mightn't be tired after finished scrolling on their phone you know so that was one thing as well that I really tried to stop and I mean I'm up and down with it I was good last night now I didn't do it but I'm I try still to put my phone on flight mode going into my bedroom bedroom and like just knock off all those I suppose emissions from your phone that like you're it's not natural to your body and we know that it does stress out the cells um temporarily they do recover but if you were sleeping all night like first of all with your phone plugged in that's going to be like kind of electromagnetic um, energy as well and then your phone with trying to connect to the wi-fi you might even have like your location services on um, that's going to be constantly going off in the background in your phone so turn it on flight mode turn all those little bits off you know the one where you tap your phone as well i think that's the nfc or something tap turn off anything where your phone is looking for it to connect to something else because it's sending out signals then and preferably just have it away from your from your head and I always try and charge my phone now as well either before bed or in the morning time as well so I don't have something charging beside my head um, at night time as well because these kind of things are going to stress your body out and impact hormones as well because you know they're preventing you from having that, that lovely deep sleep yeah, and you're dead right. It's the idea that right sleep is one of the pillars of health. I know in that, I suppose, conversation we've just had right now, we touched a little bit about fertility. And even before the podcast even recorded, we were talking about uh, how important it is to add as many, I suppose, non-chemically sprayed food items into your diet for not only yourself, but also your children uh, that you're currently looking after. Yeah, so that's interesting because we're talking about the circadian rhythm. And that has a massive effect on your hormones and so does stress. But actually, there's other environmental factors that affect your hormones as well. And they're called endocrine disruptors and, um, you know, pesticides, herbicides, things that are sprayed on plants. A lot of them can um, interact with your own hormones in your body and cause hormonal problems, hormonal signaling problems. And not only that, um, they're now kind of like looking at the science of, you know, whether they can impact the brain of the unborn child because everything that happens um, while the baby is growing in your womb is very highly dependent on signals from hormones. And if you are exposed to things that could be interfering with those signals, could you then potentially um, be setting your child up for problems with brain development? And we know now that like autism, things like that is so highly popular at the moment it's just so getting so common and um, I do know that there's more of an awareness about it um, but like for me personally I don't think that's the only reason because other chronic health conditions are have been skyrocketing as well so they're all going up chronic health conditions and like well autism would fall underneath kind of a brain condition umbrella you know Um, so we need to look at like just what's happening with the population in general but like because chemicals as well, they affect our hormones, they're going to affect our fertility. We don't know the full impact on the unborn child as well. I would really put a big emphasis on avoiding endocrine disruptors for anyone trying to get pregnant, especially having difficulties getting pregnant. So you're talking about then your pesticides and things like that. Um, so fragrances, anything that's smelly is a chemical. 
like anything all your washing powders all that kind of thing the other day I put up a post on um, Instagram and I got so many messages afterwards it was I had done a simple just a wash the wash cycle was two and a half hours long um it was my little girl's clothes um because I always put on for a good wash well the baby's clothes are always so dirty and grimy anyway but um, and we moved into a new house I have we have a really good Bosch washing machine and my post was all about like that I put on a second rinse cycle after the full two and a half hour wash was finished and the amount of soap that was still in the clothes on that second rinse cycle that most people wouldn't even think to do but because I know all these fragrances and everything are so bad for um you know kids that like I got into the habit of doing that now um there's you know if you're choosing um washing powder because I got so many people saying like what do you use what do you use if you go for one of the like kind of more organic-y kind of plant-based ones um and then go for a fragrance free you're going to be really reducing the amount of chemicals that you're going to be um, exposing yourself to and the most the problematic ones that are in fragrances are the phthalates they're the ones that are really disruptive to hormones and likely do promote cancers as well um so that's another thing that has skyrocketed as well you know cancer autism um autoimmunity diabetes like we have these people that you know are obese but they're not even eating that much food and they can't lose weight like that to me is you know somebody that's highly inflamed and probably their body has a huge toxic burden and because you actually store your toxins in your fat cells that the body doesn't even want to touch the fat cells to use them because they're toxic it's not it doesn't want to go near them and the person is inflamed and that person will find it really hard to lose weight as well so I mean yeah we have a chronic health epidemic hitting us so it's not just you know fertility that's suffering at the moment and like you know eating your organic fruit and vegetables is what's going to help reduce you know the amount of um chemicals you're going to get exposed to now I have to say that like we're never going to be exposed to zero chemicals but like what you're trying to do is minimize the burden on the body so somebody could be getting exposed to 90 percent like bringing it down to 10 or 20 percent where to a level where the body can cope and it's about making small changes choosing you know products that have less chemicals in it where you can especially things like that are going to be in contact with large areas of your skin. So for example, again, the washing powder, right? People are using this really smelly washing powder and uh, fabric softener, and then they're sleeping in those sheets. And, you know, have they done that second rinse to see how much soap and suds is left on those sheets? So not only their skin is rubbing off the chemicals, but they're breathing it into their lungs as well. So they're getting massive exposure there. Do you know what I mean? So that would be a good one to switch to, you know, switch your washing powder or washing liquid um switch your food because that's directly going into your mouth um i say for females switch your personal care products when it's the time of the month because tampons can have pesticides they can have bleach they're going up inside your body into a very sensitive area the area that has lots of capillaries and is highly absorbent so um to try and swap some of those out to organic as well because you know you're going to be getting like even with the pads like a lot of them now are perfumed and have plastic in them do you know so in that area if you're wanting to like make sure that you're not having any symptoms if you're suffering with infertility that would be a good swap as well you know so it's not about 
um, zero chemical exposure, but reducing the big ones, like if you know what I mean. Yeah, totally. I suppose this is a, it was a massive, broad podcast that we ended up touching on. Tips for, I suppose, <laughs> weight loss, controlling your blood sugar levels, all the way yeah. to um, foods and what did you recommend, followed by the likes of uh, fertility uh, from, I suppose, a lifestyle of health, from washing clothes to uh, eating or making something from scratch. Um, I suppose, I just conscious of your own time, and if you would like to, I suppose, tell maybe the listeners in relation to where's the best place they can get in contact with you, if in the new year when this podcast is coming out, whether they would want to contact you, if you have any programs available, just mention them all here. Um, okay, so um, yeah, I have lots of programs. I Because I started out doing like weight loss, and then um, my own journey with the PCOS and trying to get pregnant has kind of brought me more into the area of fertility. And I absolutely just love help, helping couples get pregnant because that's an, I think that's just such an amazing area to work in. But also I have my keto programs because the keto diet, it is a hard diet to start. And the first 10 days are the hardest. So I do have a kind of a Kickstarter keto program as well for people who want to do keto. Um, my socials are Neve Breath Nutrition and I'm on Instagram and Facebook, but my website is actually the happyhormoneclinic.com. I actually, when I was changing my website and upgrading it, I rebranded because I was like, you know, it does exactly what it says on the tin. And even though the keto diet, interestingly, I did it to lose weight for my wedding and I stayed on it then for three years because I loved it so much. Anyone with blood sugar dysregulation will all most often feel really good using fat for energy instead. But at the same time, keto is really strict. So as we spoke about in the podcast, really looking at your meals and what makes you feel good and, you know, and helps you. Like if you eat a meal and you forget about food, that's the ideal thing. And you feel in good form and you're able to concentrate. That means that your blood sugars are very stable. Like if you eat, you're hungry, you can't concentrate because your blood sugars are low, you're craving, you're hungry. That food is not suiting you. Do you know what I mean? Like just like um, look out for the signs and like even journal for a few days and see, you know, you know, what's affecting you. And you'll see, you'll actually end up like mapping out like what meals are, you know, actually helping you feel good. Um, the keto is, is good, like, cause it's a reset, like it takes carbs out and it helps you um, go into ketosis and just use fat, but it actually kind of forces the body to burn fat. So it actually forces the body to be good at burning fat. Um, so it can be a good kickstart in that relation. But then again, do you want to be going to a strict diet and then be going back to a terrible diet. It's you have to get the base right first. And I know you tried keto before, Colin, didn't you? I certainly did. Um, it was very interesting. I could even tell you that I'm so interested in nutrition. It's the idea that I tried uh, vegetarian. I've tried. Um, I'm going to say veganism. I've tried keto, and I had an abundance of energy. And it was something that, um, I suppose was a huge learning curve in itself. And when people actually do it, it's more often that they do it incorrectly. They do it wrong, and they're just eating more. I'm going to say high maybe unhealthy fats and as a result of that you can do any diet and do it incorrectly and then have a negative effects out the other side so it's so important to either touch base with someone like yourself Neve, going forward in the in the new year to I suppose guide them in the right direction uh, towards a healthier version of themselves what an episode i tell you what Neve burke based in the likes of galloway nutritional therapist is a wealth of knowledge between the likes of balanced meals anybody suffering with PCOS symptoms in either perimenopause or menopause, this show has it all. And if you haven't most certainly checked out her uh, Instagram page, I highly recommend you to do it. 
uh, to book in with, uh, I suppose, a concert. And she does have programs starting in the new year. As well as in 2023, we have the likes of different retreats and events going into the healthiest year yet, you could say. So typically in March, we start off with uh, a retreat down in Skull, right? The weekend with the great stuff. Uh, attendees we have Cara O'Donnell we have Kaz doing the yoga and we have Joe Maloney doing the personal development and myself doing the exercise and all things growing in the polytonal we have the 8th of March we have May the 10th and the June the 28th and September the 13th those are the dates if they suit you and you would like to come most certainly send me a private message and we will book you in as they always say limited places when they're gone they're gone and that's really the truth because realistically there's no more beds for people Okay, or not, talk soon. Hope you enjoyed this week's show. You're listening to Coleman Power on the Organic Fitness Podcast.